Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? How are you today? I hope that you are experiencing spring wherever you're at. We sure are here in Florida. Uh, the pollen is actually kind of was worse a few weeks ago than it is now. So I think we're on the backside, hopefully, of, of the pollen and all the seasonal stuff. So I hope you're getting some sign of greenery and blooming wherever you're at. So this quarter, we're wrapping up January, February, March. We've been talking about leadership and we've been covering all kinds of aspects of leadership and today I am super excited because I have a guest Alicia Berry and I'm gonna let her introduce herself in a minute and Alicia and I met I don't know four or five years ago through a women's group that we belong to here in uh, Tallahassee uh, Alicia has since moved on with her husband and has traveled all over the world to speak about her her sort of purpose and mission on this earth, and I'm going to let her tell you more about that. Um, but it's been a pleasure to get to know her and to know her even um, more through uh, planning to do this podcast. So, Alicia, why don't you introduce yourself? Sure. Um, thank you so much, Lisa. This is just a wonderful opportunity. Um, hi, everybody. I'm Lisha Barry. And um, my work is to be a writer, a speaker, and a mentor in the world for women around the idea of purpose and leadership. And I come at it from a different point of view than most. Um, my background is in education, psychology, neurobiology, um, professionally trained, you know, in these areas. And then I also happen to be an indigenous person. So I bring um, a holistic viewpoint and a real grounded uh, understanding of interconnection and sacredness into this very left brain sort of world <laughs> that I was trained by. And so I come to women's leadership from the point of view of um, a very holistic model. So physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual model. And is it, is it fair to say that even though we're going to really be focused on women in leadership today and in some mm -hmm. respect, that the guys are going to get equal totally. amount of benefit? Okay, great. great. Totally. I, I do have the occasional awesome guy that I work with, too. <laughs> and my husband is included and my absolutely. sons as well. So <laughs> men are awesome. Fabulous. Yes, he, absolutely. So a lot of the, the work that we've done this quarter around leadership has been around kind of the actions and the things that you do, um, you know, steps that you take to become a leader, to improve as a leader. I did uh, leadership derailers last week, but today we really want to kind of take it from a different angle and talk about kind of the being aspect of leadership. And um, I know that your kind of signature group is kind of leading by being, correct, Leisha? Yeah, it's it's kind of the signature course and talk that when I'm speaking all over the place that I, I come back to frequently leading by being is what it's called and uh, it's in response to seeing so many um, brilliant people efforting to do good in the world, but who are not paying attention to what's going on on the inside and how that's impacting their results on the outside. And, and I'm a, I'm a root cause kind of girl. I, I'm like, you know, take me, I'm not taking the top of the dandelion off. I'm going in and I'm pulling those things out of the ground. You know, it's like, get to the bottom of why this is happening. And so that was 
really the impetus to create the Leading by Being course and to take it out into the world the way I have. So who are these women that are attracted to what you offer? Tell me about who your people are. They tend to be pretty determined um, whippersnappers, <laughs> I'll tell you, um, like myself. Um, I, I had a sense of stubbornness um, from, from very early <laughs> in my life, and I think that came in handy because I was, I was forced at a really early age to make a decision to either choose myself, to trust myself and my experiences, or to choose to become what other people wanted me to become, my teachers and my, my uh, caregivers. And um, I felt very strongly at a really early age that I could trust myself and trust my own experience and my own understanding of things and my own curiosity and exploration in the world. And so that was a sense of purpose. I, I learned to understand that uh, that I could, I could trust my seeking. I could trust my own, um, my nose, you know, to take me where I needed to go and, and to allow that to be. And that resulted in a, in a woman who has created 20 years of course material, uh, an entire women's leadership Institute, um, you know, uh, courses and workshops and retreats and, you know, speaking all over the world and an international bestseller, uh, which is why I've been on the road the last two years. So I've learned that that level of determination and grit, to, which I think some people label as stubbornness or um, even bossiness, you know, is actually the kind of woman I want to hang out with and the kind of woman I want to mentor. I think that's so interesting. I was thinking about how, you know, men can display a behavior and it's, con it's considered sort of, you know, you're in control, you're a good leader, and a woman can oftentimes exhibit the same behaviors and she gets called the B word, right? Right. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. Unfortunately, that's true. Um, there is a double standard. There are definitely different qualifiers um, because of gender. And that's one of the things that I think is really being challenged right now in the world that we're really examining sort of our cultural biases and uh, hopefully getting into a place where we have more equal ground to just be who we are, uh, whatever that may be, and whatever gender we are, <laughs> you know, just be yes. who we are and be encouraged for that. So as you know, my audience is, is ideally kind of 22 to 32 year old college graduates in the liberal arts. These are folks for whom kind of the sky is the limit in terms of their, um, they have the academic preparation, they have the um, the skills, they have the motivation to kind of go wherever they choose to go. And oftentimes the challenge that they're facing is they just don't know where that is or how to get where they want to go. So I'm wondering, as you talk about kind of helping people to, helping women in particular to kind of listen to that inner voice and follow their own, you know, inner, inner talk or inner, inner voice, what, I'm wondering, what does that look like? when they don't do mm. how does that show up in a, in a career in the workforce how does it show up when they're not listening, not listening. it's painful <laughs> yeah <laughs> painful um it it feels like dreading going to work every day it feels like um uh, a sense of malaise uh, a sense of drift a sense of what am I doing here? You know, you, there's this, there's this inner sensation actually of uh, almost like being on a treadmill or a bicycle that's not going anywhere. Like you're pedaling as fast as, as hard as you can, but you're not going anywhere. Um, it is, it is frustrating and it's disheartening. Um, and it's a, it's particularly so I think in the case of um, 
young people who are coming up through the education system and are, you know, finding the job market to be kind of a, a curious beast, you know, an interesting, okay, this isn't quite how my mom or my grandmom or, you know, told me it was going to be. Um, so, so I, you know, avoiding that suffering is something I'm very motivated to support people in um, because the feeling of being on track and being on purpose is enlivening and joy filled. And you just, you just want to get up every day and, and go at it again. It's just a totally different uh, perspective. Absolutely. And that's a lot of the work that I do with my clients is around purpose. One of my favorite books, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, um, Alicia, is a book by Tim Kelly called True Purpose. And I just love it because he does come at it from so many different angles and helping people figure out kind of what they were put on this earth mm -hmm. to do. And I think that for many people, when they think of job dissatisfaction, they think of it in a much different term. They think of it as I have a bad boss or I don't have the, you know, I don't, I don't get to do what I want to do in my job or my coworker stinks or whatever. And this is really about your, we're talking now about that kind of purpose and the inner turmoil that comes from not doing what you were put on this earth to do. Am I right? It is. It is. And so I have to lean on my indigenous background a little bit to illustrate this point. The idea of, um, of everyone having a purpose is, is connected into vision quest, if you've heard that term before, where uh, someone will be sent out, you know, uh, at a certain age away from the, the village or away from the group of people, away from the tribe, the settlement and into the wild. Uh, with very little to sustain them and they're they're sent out to go seek a vision and they don't come back until they have one and so it can be days it can you know it can be quite a, a harrowing experience or it can be very joyful and quick uh, in some cases but in the old days you know it was pretty much live or die by finding your vision and when you had one it was this celebration it was a great joy and you come back and you serve your people you know with your vision you you figure out who you are um, these days, of course, we don't do that so much. We don't, we, we, we send our kids through the education system and we, um, have them choose a major and, you know, it's all outside reinforcement about who they are rather than, you know, who are you really? And that's a really important question to ask because we know very early, if you're familiar with James Hillman's amazing book called The Soul's Code. Um, he is a PhD psychologist. He's brilliant. Um, I read that early when my leadership training, I studied under Susan Trout and Peter Senge's work. Hillman has this idea um, based on his practice that he observed children knew exactly what they were going to be when they grew up. He observed that children had a sense of purpose very early um, and he was able to point to his historical figures who had the same, such as uh, Manalote, who was a, uh, the most prominent bullfighter in Spain. Um, he, he hid in his mother's skirts as a child. He was scared to death, <laughs> he, but he, it's because he had a sense of who he was going to become. Uh, Winston Churchill, you know, with his difficulty speaking, you know, his stuttering and his shyness and his lack of confidence, then becoming this amazing orator. But these were these were children who had a sense of their of their destiny and who were scared of it. But that we have we can look at some questions about our childhood. Uh, we can look back at those, for example, fairy tales 
that we gravitated toward or comic books or movies or hero, superheroes, you know, or mythical uh, figures, gods and goddesses, you know, who inspired us as a kid? Um, because that's a clue about who we are and, and what our purpose is, like innately, who, who we are really meant to become. Fascinating. This is so interesting to think that you can look at, you know, child play and, and really get a great sense of what you were put on this earth to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as we age, you know, developmentally, we start coming into our um, ourselves as teens and developing a sense of self. And that's also a very important time period to look at because, you know, you can look at what really angered you. What what set you on fire? What made you mad? Um, what issues, you know, did you respond uh, to or push back against as a teen? Um, what did you care about? Um, those are also clues about who we are. And, and hopefully, as we are growing and moving through the university and graduating with a degree and, and you know, coming into the world, we, we are listening still, you know, on the inside. What, what's lighting me up here? I, I myself graduated with a degree in fine art and education, so it was a combination degree. And um, here I am. Uh, I still make art. I mean, and I taught art for many years, but my career has evolved so much over the years with my interest in psychology and neurobiology and healing and then into leadership and purpose, you know, to mentor. It's, you know, I couldn't have guessed that when I graduated with my BFA, you know, <laughs> there's no way, but I kept following my nose. I kept following what felt good and felt like I was being called into. And there is really something about being called and listening to that. So if we are kind of born innately with this ability to do this and we foster that up through, in, in many cases, at least our early teen years, what starts to get in the way? Well, I think we're not necessarily encouraged to listen on the inside. Um, you know, we live in a left brain dominant culture uh, that's changing. Thank goodness. You know, we're becoming more uh, whole brain because of our reliance on image. Uh, that's the right brain's language. But, you know, we were trained pretty early to rely on um, listening to an outer authority and listening to the experts and um, not really encouraged to, to, you know, listen on the interior you know, to I've called the guide to the frontier inside because there is a whole landscape, a very rich landscape on the inside. And if we go there and we're accustomed to navigating that and asking ourselves questions, you know, having self-directed inquiry, then we really discover a rich treasure trove of information. Um, so it's really a relearning. It's, it's remembering. As kids, we know how to do that. Mm -hmm. Self-directed learning is happening through our play all the time as children. So it's really us saying, okay, let me just, let me go back to this. Let me, let me go back to the inner landscape and see what I can, what I can hear there. You know, what feels good? What's right? So we're talking about this in context of our purpose and what we were put on this earth to do. Let's talk about how this relates to how we show up as a leader. Yeah, that this is, I find them to be inseparable. Um, and this is relying a little bit on the high school physics that everybody probably had, where we talk about the law of resonance, that we, if you, if you have two tuning forks in a room that are tuned to different frequencies, um, and you hit both of them, the one that is the strongest frequency 
will remain at that frequency and the one who is at a weaker frequency will entrain to the one that is the stronger frequency. So again, that's the law of resonance. When we are standing in a confident manner and we feel from the inside that we are doing and being what we are meant to do and be, we become a magnet. We become a frequency that people want to entrain to. People gravitate to us. This is some, some people call this charisma. Um, people are interested. They can feel it before you even open your mouth. And this is, you know, reliant on the understanding, of course, that we are all absolutely vibratory beings that, you know, we are not static. We are, we are vibrating. Um, and so we, we want to be close to people who are um, vibrating in a way that, um, that we feel interested in, that we feel a match to. And so we will be drawn to them. And the more clear we are in our sense of self and in a sense of uh, work that we're here to do, that being, then we do wind up leading by being. It's, it, there's very little effort in the doing. Of course, we, there's the doing that has to happen later, but the being really is a strong component that many people overlook. Because we've talked about it on this podcast before um, that leadership is attitudinal. So there's positional leadership. I have a job as a leader that is my, in my job description, and, and which is oftentimes more kind of a, a managing job than a leading job. But our, our role is to manage or lead people. But we don't typically get those jobs until we have attitudinally become a leader. So in whatever job we've been asked to do, in whatever role or project or what, whatever the environment is, true leaders tend to rise to the top as the leaders that they are, regardless of whether their job title says they're a leader or not. Mm -hmm. That makes sense to me. And it also, you know, I've encountered um, people who, who they're confident in their leadership ability, but they may not always be a great leader. <laughs> if you know what I mean? Um, people that I'm like, oh, wow, you need some sensitivity training, dude, or, <laughs> you know, um, and so, so the, the idea of leading by being is, is coming into kind of a structural integrity inside oneself where we're not only sort of like fake it till you make it, you know, be a good a leader by attitude, but actually vibrating that out from the inside out because the confidence and strength that we feel on the inside is so strong that we're naturally rising to the top in a way that people want to follow us. And presumably the, res the, the reverse would be true as well in that, if there's a leader or someone with a very strong negative vibration that that can, yes. that can attract the wrong sort. Uh, yes, exactly. And, and, or a confused vibration, a confused frequency. So, you know, having lived this at some points in my life where I wasn't a hundred percent clear about how to describe what I do, um, attracting people that were not exactly the audience that I wanted to attract, you know, they weren't my ideal client. And that the more refined I became uh, in my own uh, trial and error, you know, <laughs> in my, my experimentation of, okay, okay, who, okay, no, that didn't work. So try this, try these words and see. And, and the stronger I became in that internally, then the more I was attracting the people that I really wanted to play with. And oh boy, is that fun. <laughs> is that the way you want to live? Yeah. I was working with a, an entrepreneur recently who wanted coaching from me, actual business coaching. And he said that he's doing X, Y, and Z in his business and he does not like his clients at all. He doesn't like the people he works with. And I said, yeah. you know, you're an entrepreneur, you get to pick. <laughs> it was That's like, right. well, are you choosing to 
work with people that you don't enjoy working with. Well, and you know, if you if you have the awareness that um, that what we do counts, how how we spend our time counts, uh, then then you want, you're you're pretty motivated to make it you know make it count. You want to get those people that you want to play with in your in your business, and you want to become that person that that you want to play with too. Um, and that again is yeah, that's where leading by being really comes in. I can certainly identify with the vibrational thing and I didn't understand it then, but I remember my first meeting with Women's Prosperity Network and this is how Leisha and I met initially. Um, it's a global group. It's called, it's, it's um, identified as WPN, the letters WPN, but it stands for Women's Prosperity Network. And I had been invited in the most interesting way by someone I didn't really know. She was a nurse practitioner giving me my flu shot at a CVS, you know, box, dock at a box thing. And she's like, hey, you seem like a really, you know, positive person. And she hooked me up with a group. And so I show up on a Saturday, not literally not knowing a person in the room, even the woman that I didn't really know who had invited me wasn't there. So I literally didn't know a person in the room. And all I remember thinking afterwards was I found my people. I didn't understand the concept of the vibration. It felt like coming home. I had gone through and was going through um, the end of a marriage and, and some difficult, you know, transitions in my life and mm -hmm. it was like I was breathing again when I went in there and you'll laugh at this Leisha because you know this individual I'm sure I picked on the basis of her scarf <laughs> I decided to sit next to Cheryl Moody mm -hmm. and so this woman is a is a shaman and so the old Lisa the the, the older iteration of me would have been, as soon as she told me she was a shaman I would have said oh excuse me I need to move to another table <laughs> <laughs> and then this person of me was like, tell me everything. And I was so interested in her and, and, uh, and, and what she, I didn't know what I'd heard of the term shaman, but I didn't know what it was. And so I was so fascinated by this room of kind of awake people and, and, you know, tuned in people. And it, and that vibration definitely was a match for me, but we've also seen people come into the group who are like, get me out of here. Right. <laughs> True, true. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's a good example of, of being, yeah. What are you vibrating and are you attracting the right people? Um, it makes me think too of, you know, in terms of being a leader that we, that we're expressing that outward. So it's one thing to be paying attention to the inside and getting super clear and doing all the inner work, but then comes the second part, which is the expression of that outward. And that's where the doing comes in. And that is, of course, the other side of the equation, the equal part of the equation. Um, and, but I like the order of, of dealing with the being <laughs> so that you can do the, the correct doing. So uh, I'm an efficiency freak. I like, I like to save time and, you know, thinking about how precious time is, but, but dealing with the, the stuff on the inside, uh, the positives of, of identifying what we really want to do, but also those obstacles that come up you know, those, those things that come up that actually prevent us um, from doing what we really want to do, the sabotaging of ourselves or the fears or the beliefs um, or attachments, you know, something being familiar can be one of the worst attachments there is. So it's like dealing with that stuff and then we can really turn it on and, and it's like a light, just this beacon, you know, beaming out. Um, I'm reminded of a story that I was told by one of my teachers who was a, a Tibetan um, uh, master. Um, he united Buddhism and the indigenous tradition of Tibet. 
uh, Tibetan bone. And he told a story about uh, the toning of the temples. He said that in Lhasa, which is the, you know, the main temple in Tibet, uh, the capital temple, they tune the bells of the temple very specifically for certain frequencies, certain vibration. Um, in order to carry, transmit information. So sound is, is carrying information, just like light is carrying information. Anybody who is familiar with physics knows this. And they do that in such a way so that the temples that are in the concentric circle closest in earshot to the main temple also can tune their bells to that same frequency. And then the next concentric circle out tunes their bells to those in the first concentric circle and so on and so on and so on so that throughout the entire country of Tibet, the single, the single note, the single tone is being heard all the way through the entire country. And if you think of the wild rural nature of the, the Himalayas of Tibet, you know, there, that's a lot of ground to cover. But throughout that entire country, that one tone is being heard. And so that data is being transmitted through clearly from the central temple. And that's what I mean when I say, when we get super clear in ourselves, we are transmitting a certain tone. That is so beautiful. I love that analogy of the bells. That, 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 that's amazing. So these women that you have worked with, I'm wondering what are some of the things, some of the shifts that you've seen in them as they have gone through the work with you? Uh, wow, yeah, so many. Um, so one of the big ones is uh, a woman who is confused about what she wants. Um, and unfortunately, that's not very uncommon uh, because I feel my experiences, I should say, uh, that women tend to get a lot more messages about what they should do. Mm-hmm. Um, then and so it becomes very difficult to kind of suss out okay so what what here is what i want to do you know we get we get a lot of messages about our uh, careers and our you know whether to start a family or not or whether to be married or not and and to fit in this way or that way and so the confusion factor is probably the number one that i have encountered when a woman first comes to me, she'll, she'll, there'll be angst. There'll be a sense of pain. Like I know I'm here to do something and I feel it and it's starting to hurt because I feel it. It's pushing. It's like a bird beating against a cage inside my chest. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I really want to figure out what's going on. And so we address that. And when we turn that around, we get the clarity, we deal with the obstacles, we start plugging into some serious power. Um, then they get clear and clean and their vibe starts moving way out and then they get successful in their work so i i I picked up on the word pain when you were talking about that so typically Mm -hmm. people who come to you and want help with this they're feeling some sort of pain physical or emotional or some kind of real discomfort is that correct um that is the case in some in some instances i like to catch it before it gets that loud (laughs) personally (laughs) Uh, prevention is the best medicine in my book. Um, but yeah, I think that the feeling of discomfort or the feeling of, of we're missing something or, or feeling as though we're just not hitting the mark, we're not making a mark, that I would qualify that as a kind of pain. Uh, yeah, a kind of discomfort. And um, it's, it's one to pay attention to because if it continues, it can get so loud that, you know, yucky things can actually happen in our lives, which we don't want. Because there can be physical manifestations of this. Yes, yes. Fascinating stuff, fascinating. So 
if somebody wanted to know more about your work and what you do, tell us what, what they can do and how they can connect with you. Uh, well, they can certainly find me at my website, LeishaBerry.com, um, and I'll give you the links, you know, for that. But the big news that I'm really excited about is that I've launched my new Women's Leadership Institute. Um, I've been teaching this material for literally 20 years. I had an anniversary, 20-year anniversary last year. But I finally got it in my mind that I needed to create uh, an online library and membership model so that there could be these courses available to everybody and at different levels of price points so that everybody has access. You know, don't want to leave any, anyone behind here. Um, so they can go to Daughters of Earth, and I've, I'm going to give you a link for that. Um, it's called Daughters of Earth because it's a reminder uh, that we are here on this planet and that there, this is where the indigenous piece comes into the reminder that we're connected to something that is moving and evolving and that we are experiencing a huge shift right now um, as a species. And women are intended to be um, leaders and come into the world leading in a different, more holistic way than, than we have seen in the past. And I love my job because my purpose and my leadership is to nurture those women into their leadership. And hopefully you, you listeners are picking up on that. You know, we've talked about vibration and I don't think you have to be in physical proximity with someone to feel their vibration and their energy. And I certainly feel it from Leisha as we record this and hopefully you are as well. So if you are someone who aspires to greatness in your life, to aspires to finding your purpose and feels like you need help with that, then I highly recommend Leisha Berry. Um, and her work, and we'll put the information for her program in the show notes, and so you'll have a way to reach out to her and to learn about her, um, her, her what's it called, the, the Le Women's Leadership Institute? Yes, the Daughters of Earth Women's Leadership Institute. Okay. Women's Leadership Institute. So hopefully this has given you another perspective today on the being part, which maybe we should have had you at the beginning of the quarter because it's the being comes before the doing, but I think it's actually kind of a nice way to end the quarter. And uh, actually, her husband is going to come at this from even a different angle, and I'm going to be having him on next week's podcast. You'll get to hear from Peter Berry as well. <laughs> is there anything else you want to tell us today? Oh, I just want to thank you so much for the opportunity to, to speak with your, your audience, and I'm really excited about where young people are headed. I feel a sense of hope. Um, about the, the challenges that young people are facing and actually facing down. They are actually bringing, bringing it to face the challenges, and I'm, I'm really excited about it. I so am thank you. as well. I couldn't agree with you more. So thank you guys so much. As always, I want to be your career coach. So write me a question. I've been getting a lot of emails from you guys, so you may not put a note in the, in the comments section, but you sure do send out to me. Uh, send emails out to me. So my email address is Lisa, and that's L-E-S-A, at exclusivecareercoaching.com. And you're welcome to ask me any kind of question. If you want to hook up a, uh, a, a free consult call with me, I'll be glad to. Um, in fact, it'll be in the show notes, the, the link to my calendar. And please rate, review, and subscribe. That's how we get noticed on, uh, on iTunes and the other sites. So please uh, hook me up because I'm hooking you up. See you next week, guys. Take care. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. 
Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.